I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff. I'm Brett. Hello. Hello. Howdy. Howdy, all right, we're the Wild West. Howdy doody. Yes, <laughs> I am. I'm a Wild West man. It's pretty miserable at home, isn't it? Like all the, the COVID and that, so we won't yeah. dwell on that, that too much. But talking no. about COVID, did you see Zlatan Ibrahimovic has got it? I, I saw that on, it came on my phone today. I didn't look into it or anything like that. I didn't have time. But how did he get that? Doing an overhead kick or something? Is that how he well, got it? I was at work and one of the lads was like, oh, does that any, that has got COVID. Uh, and I was just went, oh, it cannot beat me. I am a lion. And uh, within <laughs> about five minutes, he tweeted, uh, bad the move. The same thing. Bad move. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. What do you think of him? I, I, I would have loved him if Sunderland had signed him because apparently in the late 90s or yeah. mid 90s even when Peter Reid was the manager yeah, he was supposed to sign him, wasn't he? him along with like loads of other people well yeah but I mean, every club's got that haven't they like oh we can't I... close to signing whoever yeah Maradona or something uh, but I, he's a prick isn't he he's, he's a massive a, prick he just grew up like you know, like he's just stupid <laughs> fanboys who like love him going uh, I am Zatan I am brilliant uh-huh. like yeah. uh, he just says that in different boring ways like get but over he's yourself. just He's just a footballer who's just up his own arse, isn't he? Just because he can do Kung Fu. <laughs> One of my mates has just sent us a video of a deep house track that has sampled Mick McCarthy's voice. And that's the only Ooh. lyrics, the only vocals on it, or uh, Mick McCarthy's voice over this, this deep house song. Are you going to play good? it? Are you, are you going to play it? You want us to play it? I'll play it. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say a deep house clean. When yeah, I've ordered you a deep house clean. <laughs> yeah. so not, not that sexy, but you know, everybody could do with one, couldn't they? Sounds good. All right. Yeah. I don't know about that bit. It's a bit where it keeps going. I don't like that. <laughs> Should have done that one myself, shouldn't I? Definitely. Have you watched the football so far? I know we've watched Sunderland, but have you watched any good football so far? <laughs> I have, actually, because uh, my son has uh, joined a fantasy league, so he's, he wants to watch every game where his fantasy players are involved. So okay. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been watching a lot of football with my son, which has been good. Been That's... very impressed with Everton. Obviously, oh, I think great. the same as everybody else. I mean, I was saying to one of the lads the other day, but imagine if your side had signed a player like James Rodriguez. Imagine if Sunderland had ever signed somebody who like like that. Um, mm-hmm. Or if he's, he's w- just world class, isn't he? It's, it's great. People are saying it's a gamble. I mean, they haven't paid for him, and just because he's had a couple of bad years where he didn't play for Real Madrid, like Gareth Bale mm-hmm. didn't play for Real Madrid last year, but but everybody's yeah wanking over him coming back to Spurs. He's better <laughs> yeah. than Gareth Bale. Uh, well, it certainly hasn't looked like a gamble from the games I've watched. Well, nah, I mean, he's, he's it's only a couple of games. I didn't think he was that good a passer of the ball that he is. He's, he's like a playmaker rather than going at people and taking them on. He's just yeah, running yeah. the game. Very, so such a I'll smooth player to watch, isn't he? That's, I think of uh, right. Ancelotti obviously spent half a season. He must have been tearing his hair out at uh, Everton's midfield because he's replaced <laughs> them all. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> 
Anyway, that's the football out the way. I, mean, I know, I thought this, I didn't know it was a football podcast. I was yeah, yeah I, I was hoping to talk about Dez, because you said uh-huh. you were going to watch Dez at the weekend, but you didn't end up watching Dez. So I didn't. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it, but I've been trying to get the wife to watch it, and, and she's just been watching something called Married at First Sight instead with uh, our mother, which is a ridiculous... Have you seen it? Well, yeah, but it's all, it's awful. It's t- t- <laughs> uh, what, what I a just, surprise! It never goes well. <laughs> I know. They keep. I keep going downstairs for a beer, or whatever, and they keep referring to it as the experiment. Like what? So what happens is they, they they just match two people and they immediately get married, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And then and they then, just like follow them around, <laughs> see what happens. That's it's ridiculous. What, what was that one else? That was on earlier in the year where they, they couldn't see each other. That I was telling you about. That was <laughs> they couldn't see each other. Yeah, in the dark like or something. No, they talked like through a wall and then they had to marry. Oh, each like other. The, a glory hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All they could see was was a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to start, aren't they? Okay. And the other thing the wife did today, or yesterday, she went shopping and. Um, she opened the boot of the car and like the parcel shelf came out and whacked her in the eye, right? And she's got the biggest black eye oh, I've shit. ever seen in my life. So she's going to go to work and people are going to be thinking that I've beat her up. Do you know what I mean? But it's the parcel shelf. I certainly wouldn't put hands Blame on the that old, tr- that old ruse. Blame it on the parcel shelf. <laughs> you see, even you, even you think that I've done that. I, and I, I've told you the story. I know you would never do that. But of course if would. somebody was going to, they would cook that, up a story a like a parcel excuse. shelf, wouldn't they? Because nobody's going to think <laughs> of bring a parcel shelf into domestic violence debate. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's the thing. That's the problem, isn't it? Even though that is the true story and that's what happened. And she's got this massive black eye. Don't say you huge. walked into a door because nobody believes that. <laughs> but what if that actually happened? But what if you well, even, if it, it even if it actually happened, you'd have to say, "Can you just pretend Something the parcel shelf fell off?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we've done. Yeah, we've definitely done that, haven't we? So, You've what's this like? Is it good? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> or was it? Oh, a saloon. It would be a saloon, wouldn't it? Where you wouldn't have a parcel shelf. I didn't know anything about cars, me. Nothing. I'm surprised I even remembered it was called a parcel shell. <laughs> You've had to practice the line over and over, haven't you? So that's why. <laughs> um... Well, this week, Mr. Cliff, we're going to talk about The Crow, mm. um, which is uh, a film from 1994, mm-hmm. which I loved as a kid. I, I remember watching it over and over again as a kid. Daft goth. I know. I taped it. I taped it off Sky Movies, and I watched it over and over again. Okay. Which is probably illegal, isn't it? Home taping. Uh, think, is that still well, legal? now you could like just you could record it now, couldn't you, on Sky Movies, and just keep it. I know. You know what right? I mean? So why was it yeah, illegal it then? Be. I don't know, but it was. It certainly was. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I loved this from a kid. I haven't. I watched it. Last time I watched it, I watched it a couple of weeks ago with my son, and uh, I just decided to do it for the podcast. So, yeah, it's really good. Have you seen it before, or is this? I the think first I watched time? it. I would have been a teenager, not when it first came out, but maybe when we were at college, kind of age, 16, 17 or something. Because I think uh-huh. that was the age when you started talking to people who are goths or people <laughs> who previously seemed normal turned out to be goths. Yeah. Um, I like goths, mate. I know you do. You've got a soft spot for them, haven't you? I have got a little bit of a soft spot for the goths. You're right. You're right in saying that. I, I know, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this film—it's yeah, uh, directed by a guy called uh, Alex Proyas, yes. and it's starring Brandon Lee, mm-hmm. and it's based on a comic book by James Orbar. Are you and leaving you... it there, starring Brandon Lee? Not mentioning any of the other guys. No, no, no. We're going to leave it there for now, and then we'll go into the other okay. guys a little bit later. I think, but it, I, I've been looking into the, the the guy who created the comic book, um, James Orbar. It's Old a good Bar. story, isn't it? Well, it's not it a, good a good story. story. It well, is... it's not for him. Yeah, it is interesting because um, I, I watched it on Blu-ray, and there's a, there's some special features and stuff like that on the Blu-ray, and one of them is all about him. And he's he's telling his story as to how he he came up with the idea for the for the comic book, 
And what he says was he, he was like born in a, a trailer and his mum was an alcoholic and she didn't even know kind of what day he was born or, or anything. She knew it was between Christmas and New Year. So they just put his birthday down as like New Year's Day on the okay. year that he was born. Yeah. So like he, he dodged around sort of, uh, you know, homes and stuff like that. He was adopted to parents on weekends and things like this. So he didn't have a, a very nice childhood. So what he would do was just sit in the corner and draw, try and be as quiet as he possibly could. Uh, and then when he was like 16, he met this girl who was like completely different to him. First love and all that. And it was it was like the love of his life. And then one day, some drunk driver just, just mowed her down and killed her. Um, yeah. And that's, that's why he wrote the comic, because it was like, you know, almost like therapy. Yeah, to, to deal with what has happened and things like that, which is, I mean, it's a sad story and stuff, but an interesting sort of way to get the idea, an interesting thing to do to, to deal with something like that. Yeah, I think he know. said it was the only thing like he felt like he could do, wouldn't it? Like, and just uh-huh. to get this out, get the yeah. grief out and cathartic mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh-huh. Having watched the film again, I kind of thought I'd probably rather read that than watch the film. Like, didn't dislike the film, don't dislike it, but I think mm-hmm. I'd rather like see what the source material is like. When I was younger, I was I, I used to have like Judge Dredd and stuff like that. You used to like, yeah, where's Aaron Chips, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I was never massively into the comics. But someone like this, which is a, a bit dark, well, a lot darker. Um, a film like this, a comic book film like this, is are the ones that I enjoy. I don't really enjoy. I mean, they're all okay, but I'm I'm not massively into the new Marvel films and stuff like that. I mean, they're not for me. Do you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. not aimed at me, are they? They're aimed at kids. Yeah. I mean, I know that. And a lot the of Chinese. Adults, <laughs> I know that a lot of adults appreciate them and stuff like that and, and love them, but. Uh, I've told you about that time when I was I went to see Lockstock. And two smoking barrels, or maybe it was mm-hmm. Snatch. It was Snatch, I think. It was right. Vinnie Jones and Snatch as well. Yeah, he was. I Bullet Toothy was called, I think. And Snatch, That's right. Yeah. Bullet so there was Tooth a fella sitting next to us. It was in Middlesbrough. Uh, I'm going to say Middlesbrough Town Hall, but it wasn't. It was across the road from Middlesbrough Town Hall. I can't remember where it was, but anyway. Um, and there was this this bloke. Every time Vinnie Jones came on screen, just going, "Go on, Vinnie lad, get it, get it up, then, Vinnie lad." Fucking hell! Literally every time he was on screen, <laughs> like it's a football match. Yeah. I mean, why did he like him so much? Might have been a Leeds fan. You never know. I mean, <laughs> Middlesbrough's quite close to Leeds, isn't it? Mm, Could have been the best derby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, who else is in this film that you like? I, I bet and pick one person who you especially well, like. Well, one person, Ernie Hudson. Aye, he was class, isn't he? Yeah. He's brilliant and everything. Winston Zedmore. Yeah. Of Ghostbusters. I think he's mm-hmm. also in ER for a bit later on. Is he? Is I think he? think so, yeah. Uh, he's, he's like an underused actor, isn't he? He's obviously like the least famous of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and he isn't in the Ghostbusters film until like later on, isn't it? Uh, so that probably didn't help him. Help him. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I've ever seen him or anything, he's good. But I have yeah. to say, it's only like a handful of times, I think. Yeah, I, I think Ernie Hudson's absolutely class. And everything, like you say, just, he kind of pops up and things, doesn't he? But uh, every time. I mean, he's always going to be Winston. Like, I mean, he's yeah. brilliant, is Winston. Yeah, he That's is. a big Twinkie and all that. Man. <laughs> what about, the, there's one other guy that I really love in it. Uh, well, it could be one of two, but I'll... I think you're going to go for David Patrick Kelly who's in the Warriors. Is that nah, you're it's going to not go him, for? but he is, he is, he is excellent. Uh-huh. It is, is the it man who Michael plays... Michael Wincott. Yes, Michael Wincott, <laughs> who plays a character called Top Dollar. <laughs> That's right, yeah. He's, he's got the groveliest of voices, hasn't he? He's amazing. And uh-huh. I, I, he's another one of those guys that only seems to be in these films from the early 90s. And he seems That's to have right, been in loads of things, but I couldn't have told you his name if I hadn't looked it up for this. I, I'm the same. I, he's in Dead Man, isn't he? Where he's, uh, he's one of the cowboys who's mm-hmm. uh, trying to find Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. He's, he's good in that, isn't he? But yep. uh, another one that, that kind of popped. But he's like a perfect baddie, isn't he? Just because of his voice. Amazing in this. He couldn't be better. Like the baddies <laughs> are brilliant in this. No, no. I mean, the baddies are great. There's the Tony Todd as well. Yeah, no, incredible. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Candyman, Candyman. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, I think, obviously, one main guy's Brandon Lee, isn't it? Yes. We'll talk about him at the end, I think. We'll talk about the film first, okay. and then we'll talk about him at okay. the end. Okay. What do you think of the director, Alex Proyas, then, before we get into the film? I've enjoyed yeah, a couple of these films. I mean, I, I've only seen iRobot once, but when I did watch it, I, I enjoyed it. Um, is iRobot another one of them last men on earth things, or is it different? Uh, no, it's different. It's different. It's about a robot that's committed a crime, even though robots aren't supposed to commit crimes because of the programming or whatever. Um, it's got Will Smith in it, I think. Who I'm not massively a fan of, like. But uh, no. I, rem- I remember, you know, going back when I watched it, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, what's the other one? Dark City. I've. I, 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 I have seen that one with Keith Sutherland in. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it, but I can't remember. And then there's one with Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah, I watched that one. Recently, it's not that good. That but one. the one, Gods of Egypt, is the one that I want to mention. <laughs> but you, I have seen that, but I've completely forgot everything about have it. Have you wiped it out of your mind? Because it's the worst film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I mean, there is certain films like that that you watch and then you just instantly forget about them. I mean... Assassin's Creed's one of them. I'm playing on the Assassin's Creed for, uh, games at the moment. I'm thinking, okay. what was that film like? Was it any good? <laughs> like I've seen it twice, and I, I, I can't remember a thing about it. So <laughs> it obviously isn't that good, is it? I don't think I'll watch it again. So the film itself, tell us what it's about. Like You, you, you know it a bit better than me. Um, uh-huh. so you tell us what it's about. Now I'm going to chip in because there's a couple of things that, are, that kind of stand out for me. Right. Well, the film is about um, a guy called Eric Draven, who's a, a musician. Um, and okay. what happens is, yeah, he's killed uh, um, and his fiance is also killed and raped as well, which isn't very nice at all. Um, it's not and a, what happens it's a, is, it's a bad start. It, it, it? It's a poor start for poor Eric. Um, but yeah, what happens is he, he's revived um, because his soul can't rest. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what happens. He's, He's revived, revived by a, a year later. A year later, yeah. They exactly. I didn't realize later. that. I thought it was instant. I thought they buried him, and he instantly got out of the grave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's uh, he sort of revived a year later on the anniversary of the death type yeah. thing. And so it's he can, on. He can avenge the the people. It's October thirtieth, isn't it? Devil's Night. Devil's Night, yeah, which is a real thing. It's set in Detroit. This uh, film in the comic yeah. book too. Um, and it's a real thing that, that would happen in, in Detroit where people would just go around setting fires <laughs> the day before Halloween, causing general havoc. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what it's happens, a real yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. But the people but yeah, who do that, it havoc are, the, are actual bad guys, aren't they? They're criminals. Well, on the film, they're certainly on the film, they're right bastards. They're right <laughs> bastards. But, the, I mean, the, the story's really simple, isn't it? It's just about him coming back and killing all these guys one by one yeah. who've, who've, you know, killed him and his wife. It's, it's not it's not complicated or anything. I think that the important, or the thing that I like about the film is just like the tone of the film. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's another super fast one, so things get going straight away, you know? Yeah. There's not a lot of exposition on, in this film either. No, there's not. reason for that, which we might talk about at the end. Do you know why? Uh, no, I know there's like a big chunk of it that got dropped um a big character in it that isn't in the didn't make it in the final in the final part of it um and obviously the what happened during the film and of the film probably changed what was what it was going to end up like quite a lot it's one of those where like there isn't a lot of exposition so you might blink and you miss it you might not know what's going on but also Uh at the same time it's a film that you can kind of almost watch with a sound down because uh-huh. the dialogue's almost non-existent. In fact, mm-hmm. what dialogue there is is pretty poor. It's not about that. It's uh, it's more about the visual storytelling yeah. rather than the the dialogue. And I think that's why there's yeah. not a lot of exposition. Because I mm-hmm. I mean I haven't I haven't read the graphic novel like I said, but I would imagine a lot of the dialogue is exactly the same as in it. Yeah, well, from what I've read, it is. I mean, uh, Brandon Lee. I think was a, a massive fan of the comic book and stuff. Um, and he did take sort of, you know, things from the comic book, things that were in the palette of the comic book and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think you're, you're right about that. But the other thing is, is that, you know, 
it actually makes it more like a comic because there's not a lot of you know there's there's no monologues or mm-hmm. anything going on or anything is there it's, it's i mean the, the visuals of, are class yeah they are absolutely brilliant it's the kind of film where you think there's just be a voiceover like talking to, yeah like the crow himself that you might think there'd be a voiceover talking you through what he's uh-huh. doing and stuff like that it's yeah definitely i can imagine it having that and i can kind of imagine this film with it um uh-huh. but it's better that there's not i think because uh, mm-hmm. it just leaves a lot more to the mood of the film itself and i think does. i would imagine what you're going to talk about next is like the look and feel of the film because it's uh one of the most striking visually that certainly from the time and yeah influenced a lot since i think well, massively did. I mean, like like you've just said, there the visuals and stuff are, are absolutely class. I mean, at certain points you can you can tell that certain things are models and stuff like that. But I don't mind that kind of stuff. I like matte paintings and things like that. You know, I think that's that's art in films, mm-hmm. and I love that kind of stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, completely realistic. I like that element of it because it, it makes you feel like it's it's more of a comic. <laughs> the guy who was left out is a guy called Michael A. Berryman, who you probably know from The Hills of Eyes if you've ever mm-hmm. seen that fellow. And he plays... Uh, Obviously I haven't, called... but I do know who that <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he played a character called the Skull Cowboy, which is, yep. uh, you know, what it sounds like. It's a, a Skull Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like him off Brave Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, isn't it? Very similar to him. So uh, he, all of his bits in the film were actually cut out because of what happened to Brandon mm-hmm. Lee while he was filming. If, if that particular character, I guess, was included, I, I think that the realism aspect of the film would go a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, it. yeah. It's not like, you know, I mean, it's a guy with makeup, but it's still a guy. Mm-hmm. It's a crow, but it's still a crow. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the people are real people. That's why I like, the, you know, Christopher Nolan's Batman films, because, you know, it's it's... It's more real. Well, you mentioned Batman. I think Christopher Nolan must have taken a lot of inspiration from the look and feel of this for those <laughs> well, films. Massively. Um, yeah. For the Batman ones in particular, I mean, maybe not these other stuff, but in that one. Definitely so, the Batman ones. The crows, it's all shot at night. It's all dark. Mm-hmm. It's always raining. Mm-hmm. You're often seeing shots from like the gutter or from the floor, and there's like rain bouncing off the floor and on rooftops. Yeah. And stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, honestly, if you were to put Batman and probably the Dark Knight side by side with this, there'd be so mm-hmm. many similarities, I'm sure. Well, there is. I mean, I counted at least four scenes, which were almost a carbon copy of this film. Oh, really? that I don't remember <laughs> from the hair. Okay. From, I mean, so obviously it's been uh, massively sort of influenced. I think this film was also kind of influenced by the 1989 Batman as well, though you know, from Tim Burton's Batman. I think it's just sort of carried it on from that, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, it, it I think remind so. me of the police and stuff, the way the yeah. policemen were dressed in, and obviously the dark darkness of it and stuff like that. And what was Batman Returns out? 92? Was that 92? Oh, yeah, so this, it's, it's probably closer to Batman Returns, I uh-huh. think. Which uh, was darker than the first Batman anyway, I mean, Batman inc- Returns. Inc- incredible, incredibly dark, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that is... Is a clear touch point for those films that are massively famous. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a brilliant film. I think it's very not? influential, and I enjoy uh-huh. it. But yeah. I don't actually love like yeah. It's not ever going to be anywhere near my like top twenty, thirty films or, or yeah. something like that. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I can see you know the, the, the certain parts of it which which don't flow as well. Uh, strangely enough, like the ends a little bit. I think it's it's really well done and really well shot. And I know you you said that uh, you know you could almost watch it with, with like the sound down and stuff like that. But uh, don't you like the music? Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the only thing that I think is worth. Uh, like it, the the soundtrack obviously adds a lot to the yeah. feel of it. Um, uh-huh. No, I don't like the soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> but it works perfectly for the film. But I, I don't yeah. like covers of Joy Division songs, and I'm not a big fan uh-huh. of the Cure. Um, so yeah, I like uh, that Cure song. That's that's actually in it, uh, and I, I really like Joy Division. Like I, I, I think they're absolutely class. I was just Obviously, reading the before it came on. Different, I was just reading before it came on that apparently they wanted 
Joy Division, they wanted New Order to record the soundtrack, like do the soundtrack for it. Yeah. And part of that was they wanted them to re-record re, re Love Will Tear Us Apart. As yeah. they saw it as the same kind of anthem for a man coming yeah. out of the dead. <laughs> it's like you were yeah. oh, coming like back the from band. the dead like the band did. Mm, yeah, uh, like New Order did. But, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the least New Order thing to do that. So, obviously, the set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the, the guy who, who actually, you know, created the comic book, James O'Barr, he's a massive Joy Division fan. He, he sort of, in the comic book, he, he modelled the face of the crow partly on Ian Curtis. And he's, okay, I didn't know of, that. Yeah, there's a couple of characters in there who have, like, you know, names from the members of Joy Division, like Captain Hook and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I read so. that. That's that's interesting. I didn't know about right. the face, though. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm the same with you. I'm not I'm not a massive Kyo fan or anything like that, but I, I like I like a couple of their songs. Uh, I like, you know, Joy Division. I think they're great. It would have been better if it wasn't a cover by Nine Inch Nails and it was just actually <laughs> Joy Division. Oh, yeah. I mean, the rest of the stuff, nah. But it, it, it fits with, obviously, the visuals and the gothic element. Yeah, of, oh, of course, film, it works it? perfectly for it. It's just not yeah. my cup of tea. And I think that's that's where probably it strays away from what, I'm, what I really like mm -hmm. when it gets into the real gothy stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, I mean, the, th the thing with the film is, though, like, it was, it was overshadowed by what happened to Brandon Lee, which we haven't mentioned yet. Um, yeah. But it's probably a decent time to bring it in because otherwise the, the film it loses kind of half its meaning. So you know what happened to Brandon Lee more than me, but he died in the middle of mm -hmm. the shoot, which for the wrong I word think, to say for it. Um, yeah, probably. In the middle of the production. Um, yeah, I think it was towards the end. I think he only had like three days to go or something. Yeah. Um, so they used like a, a mask, uh, which would have freaked people out considering yeah. he died, you know what I mean? But yeah, so I mean, it was only three days. But, but yeah, he did, he did unfortunately die. Dude, and obviously you know how he died, don't you? The story is that he got shot by, uh, mm. in it, he got shot by, in a scene with a gun that was meant to have blanks in it, but it didn't have blanks in it because uh -huh. the production was running on such a tight budget that they were uh -huh. scrimping and trying to save cash by cutting corners. And I mm -hmm. think they did something like the, the FX guy or the, the, the stunt crew made their own bullets or something like that, or got bullets and tried to make them into blanks or something. And then yeah. it was one of them that it, mm -hmm. it misfired or something like that. It didn't do what they wanted it to do. Yeah. What happens is when they're, they're filming, there's two different types of bullets that they'll, they use. So, it depends on the shot. So if, if the camera's close, they'll use a certain bullet, which ha doesn't have any powder in it. So that, you know, you just shoot it or whatever. But it shouldn't have this thing on the end of the bullet called a primer, which is the thing that, that you know, when you fire a, a gun, it cocks and it hits the primer so that the bullet shoots. Yeah. The left, the primer on, right, when they were filming the close-up shot. And what happened is the primer which shouldn't have been there anyway because you shouldn't use those yeah. those type of bullets. That got stuck in a barrel, right? And then what they did is is put a blank in, which does have powder, and that's up for like long shots so that when okay. somebody's shooting a gun, it looks like it's smoking. Okay. It, that's what the powder's for. But what happened was because of the blockage in, in the barrel of the gun, because that primer was stuck in the gun, when they used the, the blanks, it did have gunpowder in, and it did shoot the blockage, the primer out as if it was a real bullet. Okay. So it's just like a, a massive cop up. But you're, you're right in what you're saying because uh, from what I've looked into, they did sort of scrimp and, and save on on money of the studio or, or trying to get you know the cost of the film really down and stuff like that. Um, so what they did, they sent the the guy who sorted the guns out, they sent him home, and they just got some other guy in to do it some local guy. Okay. And obviously he was like overworked or what have you and, and didn't actually check as like, you know, the gunsmith or whatever would have done on, on the shoot. He would have checked the gun to see if, if it had anything in the barrel. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. And it cost Brandon Lee's life, obviously, you know, which is, which is terrible. I mean, yeah. it's, it's And that obviously overshadowed the entire thing. 
I mean, obviously, Brandon Lee is Bruce Lee's son. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee died young. Then Brandon mm-hmm. Lee dies young. Mm-hmm. In the middle of making a film, like, nobody should die in the middle of doing their job. He was, well, that's he was it. young. Yeah. He was fit. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really in the prime of his career because he wasn't really a star, was he? I think this would have made him a star. That's what I think. I think it would have done. I think he would have gone thing. on to do a lot more things after it's this. It's hard to know, isn't it? Because what he's great at is action. So basically, it's a, it's a massive action film. It looks gossy yeah. and it's a comic book movie. But really, if, if it was like guys dressed in denim shorts and lumberjack yeah. shirts, high kicking each other, it could be a Van Damme film or something like that. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a action revenge flick. Um, and basically the entire film, like you say, is him just picking off these this gang that were responsible for killing him and his girlfriend one by one. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. There's, the action's amazing in it. So he's brilliant at that stuff. But I think this was a film that was supposedly going to show that actually he was a proper actor as well. And uh-huh. I'm not sure it does it that well because I find those bits a little bit kind of cheesy and yeah. over the top. I don't. I, I thought he was class. I, I mean, I, I really did. I'm not just saying it. I, I, I thought he was really, really good. And it, it's not necessarily the dialogue and stuff like that, although I, I do like that. It's it's understated, the, the dialogue, I think. It's more like his, his mannerisms. I mean, we're, we're talking about, like, The Dark Knight and stuff like that. If you look at, like, his performance, there's, like, elements of, like, Batman, later Nolan Batman, and the Joker, both of those characters are in yeah, this yeah, one absolutely. thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's led because of the way, just because of the way he moves and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, jumping on tables, the way Batman does it yeah. in the Nolan films, and they're like, they're sort of moving around and dancing around and stuff like that, like the Joker. So uh, I, I think it was, I think it was really good. I, I, I mean, the dialogue and stuff, I think it's understated for a reason. I think because of the fact that he's, he's just kind of woke up and he doesn't actually know why he's got no one to talk to for a start (laughs) because he doesn't doesn't actually know why he's there the 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 reason why you know that uh the the skeleton cowboy or whatever he's called the reason why he was there is to tell him what he's there for now that those bits what what actually cut out of the film obviously um so he kind of just wakes up not knowing why he's there or what he's, he's there for. And the only way you can find out is by like touching things, touching pictures. Or yeah, people. And getting some flashbacks and stuff. Aye, uh-huh. so it was all done in flashback. Didn't deserve that and didn't deserve to die because of like negligence on the, on the film set. Oh, no. So me and uh-huh. you ended up watching this because we were watching a series called Cursed Films on mm-hmm. uh, Shudder. Um, yeah. And this is one of the episodes. I think there's five episodes, and this is one of them. And yeah. the, the premise of that series is great. Um, mm-hmm. There's certain films like this one that have this reputation for being cursed, where all these things was, were going wrong. And obviously, this one culminated in the star's death. Um, yeah. But what they say in this film, is, in these documentaries, is was that just, is that because it's cursed or is it because it, the films are being run really badly and yeah. trying to cut money and all of that kind of stuff. And I think mm-hmm. your man, the cowboy who got cut is so him and the special effects guy, actually um, the one who had to make the mask of Brandon Lee's yeah. face to put mm-hmm. on his stunt trouble to film, right. finish the filming. Mm-hmm. But the guy who played the cowboy, uh, Sorry, I forgot his name. I know you said it earlier. Yeah, um, Michael Berryman. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's an extraordinary character, actually. Uh, uh-huh. When you hear what he's talking about, but he's very critical of it. Are his scenes yeah. cut out because he was so critical of what happened? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that was the reason. But I think that the the brought in once Brandon Lee died. I think the people who were making the film just wanted to stop, even though there was, it was a couple of days to go and they could have, you know, completed the film. They just wanted to stop everything. Do you know what I mean? Um, so they brought in a couple of writers, I think it was three writers, to, to tie things together. Okay. And the, the way that they thought of doing it was by those flashbacks where he's, he's touching things instead. Okay. Being led by, you know, 
the this um, the skull cow okay. instead. So I think that was the reason. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not happy about being cut, and you can tell that he's not. Yeah. You know what I mean when he's he's being interviewed, but everything he says is is right, isn't it? They, they shouldn't have. Yeah, cut corners. I mean, it's people's lives that they're messing with. I mean, you, if you think back to the film, the amount of guns that are going off in this film is unbelievable. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. So if you're not looking after the guns and these accidents can happen, you know, as easily as that, there's no surprise is there, that, that this has happened, which is yeah. shocking. I mean, it's not famous, is it? Like, it's not like... No, it's Heath a cult Ledger. film. It's not it? like Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, it's not. Which, you know, Oscar winner, posthumous Oscar winner, and it lauded as the greatest performance ever and all of that kind of stuff. This still went under the radar. I think even if Brandon Lee had lived, it would, this would still be a cult film because uh, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's got massive appeal to the masses. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like like I said before, nobody deserves to die by going, because they've gone to work. Somebody else right. is fucked up. Um mm-hmm. And I think I enjoy it less because I know that they kind of fuck around with it. Like, yeah. not, not what happens in terms of, oh, I know he's going to die in this, but just mm-hmm. the fact that the people making it or who are still alive were yeah. responsible for that. And I think that really stops me from enjoying it a bit. Yeah, that's fair enough. That, that really is fair enough. Um, I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know how culpable the, the people were making the film. I mean, it's certainly the studio was, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, they're the ones that are going to be, you know, benefiting from any, you know, DVD sales or any Blu-ray sales mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, and I know that uh, Brandon Lee's mother took them to court, and mm-hmm. and she, she sort of won damages. But yeah, I mean, obviously, that's that's nothing compared to her life, is it? Do you know what I mean? The other thing that had fucked up as well is the guy that actually, just an actor who was given a gun, you know, and and, and asked to, to pretend to shoot someone, actually yeah. killed someone. Yeah. And it, he, he, I don't think he ever got over it, guy. He's dead he now. wouldn't, would you? And I'm glad I watched it again because I probably would never, I wouldn't have ever watched it again, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad we did. And Cursed Films on Shudder was a big part in doing that, making us do uh-huh. that. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say on it, or do you want to do a silly quiz? <laughs> no, I think we've, we've I think we've talked about it. I mean, I, if anybody hasn't watched it, I definitely advise you to watch it. I think it, I think it's really good, me. But uh, I get out there and watch it. I guess if you haven't already, because some people yeah. wouldn't. Some people will not know where it is. I must mean, be on streaming services and stuff. I presume. Yeah, must. Yeah, it must be. We'll try and find out and put a link on somewhere yeah. if it is. Uh-huh. I have a, I have a quiz for you. Okay. It's a, a misconceptions quiz. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of those, don't we? Uh-huh. A lot of common misconceptions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> oh, good. Um, purple haze. Uh-huh. Right. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. He's, Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Uh huh. Is wrong. Did yeah. you know that that's wrong? You did. You're going to get this right then. I've been singing that for about 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the actual line Excuse in the song? Excuse me while I kiss this guy. It is. Well I'm pretty done. sure I used to have a t-shirt with that lyric on. Did you? <laughs> yeah. It's obviously I wasn't going to walk t-shirt. around with a t-shirt saying, Excuse me while I kiss did, this guy. <laughs> did, did you just like point at it just like point. this? <laughs> I just just have, excuse me while I kiss this guy and just point at random men as I walk past <laughs> I, I think you should you should have done that I haven't saw that t-shirt before I'm sure I had a Jimi Hendrix face on with those lyrics on the bottom I'm sure I did well anyway, I've, I've been singing it wrong for 26 years anyway it's a, it is a common misconception what it's a common sure misconception is. I think Ooh, I should, we should have, we should have recorded <laughs> that <laughs> yeah we should have a, a, a catchphrase for this particular <laughs> question oh what a common misconception <laughs> I'm going to re- take that and do some more <laughs> <laughs> uh, what country were fortune cookies invented or in what country uh, well you want us to say China I want you to say China. But I'm going to say... Because that would be a common misconception. <laughs> Ooh. What Ooh. a common misconception. Ooh. Is it Taiwan? It's Japan. Ah. 
I know. Okay. So there you go. Uh, how many hours do you have to wait to report a missing person? <laughs> At least 24 is... hours, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, that clip is a common misconception. <laughs> because you can just report them as soon as they go missing. <laughs> how do you, how, but in your head, how do you know they're like, missing straight away? Well, as soon as you realise they're missing, I should have said you. You go, you go out the door. Uh-huh. Oh, where's he gone? No, no, yeah. Well, I think that's like from films, isn't it? Always in films, they seem to be going, well, Telly this person's... Shows, yeah. You're going to have to wait 24 hours. until They might should turn have, up. They should have been home three days ago. But you can, oh, they should have been home last night, but I haven't heard from them. Well, you've got to wait 24 hours. But, but, but after the time you are expecting them home before you can uh-huh. report it. I mean, they'll definitely be dead in that time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, there you go. What uh, what makes bulls enraged, Cliff? Bulls? Bulls. Bulls. <laughs> what makes your bulls engage? What um, makes your bulls? No, like, enraged. enraged, not engaged. I really thought you were going to say what makes your balls enlarged. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of loving case. Smacking them with a paddle. Um, <laughs> what makes balls enraged? Yeah. Things being waved around in front of them. Well, the common misconception is that it's the colour red. Mm-hmm. But I know what the common that. misconception is. Well, you should have said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that at all. It's the threat of the matador standing in front of them that makes them enraged. <laughs> well, the, man, the, one, the one who they've seen stab all their mates, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Do you know matadors? They deserve just to be killed by the bulls, don't they? I hate all that shit, mate. Yeah. I hate bullfighting. Have you ever seen it? I, would, I, I was well, in I Spain go. once and uh, I stayed in a hotel. I was overlooking a bull ring and there was yeah. none on. Uh-huh. I think I would have watched it from the balcony if it was on. Would you? I think, I think, it's, that, I think it's the height of cruelty that, like, well, I, I haven't paid for a any... ticket, so I'm not <laughs> contributing. That, yeah, but still, it's awful. I don't, I don't even like watching it on the TV. It's horrible, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't watch it on the telly. It's not like something I, know, I think you need to put on. Well, on the, you know no, I mean? but when you're when you're on holiday, you know, and you're coming from the room and you put those odd Spanish channels on, there's always fucking matadors on, you know. Spiking bulls in that. What do you think of that outfit? I think that I think they're a bit camp. <laughs> you think they're over overcompensating for some? Uh-huh. I, th- I think they might be. The other the other one I don't like is where they release the bulls and they've all got to run down the street. What, what, you know, that's, they deserve to be impaled, don't they? <laughs> they deserve it. Trampled. This is they deserve to be this, trampled. They do. This isn't a, a question. I just put this in because we talked about it on a, a previous podcast. Okay, it, it was concerning earthworms. Can I remember what were you said about the earthworms? I said if you cut them in half, each would yeah. grow another half, and they would uh-huh. continue to live. And, but yeah. I think that can't be right because otherwise, you could just create millions of worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more of you. Unethical experiments, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one end is the arse end, and one end is the mouth end. So the mouth end survives. Okay. You can't well, live with just your arse. You can't <laughs> live with just your arse. But, but after a while, it would explode through not being able to have a shit. What, your arse? <laughs> so the mouth well, end? Well, I don't know. It must heal and grow an arse. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, for next week, this. can you research whether the, <laughs> the, the head end grows in your boss? And we'll, just, will. we'll keep adding a, a word fact every week. Will. Yeah, well, I, I will find that out for you. Okay, well, that was sure. uh, a quite good quiz about the common misconceptions. And I definitely. Hold on, I've, st- I've still got one more. Oh, I thought because you'd moved on to not questions. No, <laughs> no I've still got one more. Okay. And this, this is the, best, this is the okay. best one. Where, Cliff, is the G spot? <laughs> Where is it? Up your bum on the second hand shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be if it existed. There's well, no definitive proof of the existence existence of a G spot. 
So all, we're all, all right. All with... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that one exists. But the G spot, a complete myth. So we're in the clear. Okay. The well, clitoris does I'll stop, exist. I'll stop searching now. <laughs> well, the search is still on for the clitoris. <laughs> for well, both I'll, of us. Uh, until there's medical proof that that doesn't exist, I will continue <laughs> with my <the> endeavours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continue your search. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, what we're doing to finish off? We've got some music, haven't we? We have, yeah, we've got we've got some music. Uh, we've got a, a band called The Mirror Pictures. Oh yes, uh, you week. sent us this. They're from a place called the South. Yeah, a place called Redden. Yeah. Uh huh. Which is uh, which I remember from uh, The Office. Yeah, The That's Office. It. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, it's Slough, isn't it? Outside uh-huh. Redden, where that is. Yeah. And the these home lads, of Redden Football Club. Yeah, these guys seem like they're Redden football fans, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which random uh, Slovakian manager is in charge of them now, but it's going <laughs> to be one uh, at the Majeski. Is it still called? Is that, that the ground, Majeski? Is it? Because that was that chairman, wasn't the it? Man, is he the one with the wig? <laughs> Aye, that's him. That's that fella. I saw Aye, him so... when uh, Sunderland played Man City in the cup final that year, because I mm-hmm. was in like a kind of semi-VIP bar area. Uh, right. Were you in a, a a bar area that was only allowing men with wigs in? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously. How do you think I got in? <laughs> I just stood next to a lass and put her long hair over my head. <laughs> that old chestnut, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or possibly a a horse's tail, a shy horse's <laughs> yeah, tail. Yeah, like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. What are they call the mirror pictures. Yeah, they're called Redden. Mirror Pictures. The from Redden, yeah. Four-piece kind of punky, poppy kind of thing. Um, you got it in one. You got it in one there, Cliff. And the, the song's called Gotta Stay Strong. Um, and it's it's uh, the new single from the Del- debut album called You Can't Change the Past. Aye, and uh, you can get that. You can order it on Bandcamp now, I think. So we'll put the links up on, yeah. uh, in the description of the podcast, which I don't know if anybody ever reads that, but all the stuff's always in there. Um, so, yeah. This is the end of this one. The crow was a little bit dark and depressing, but I guess that's the nature of the film. Um, but on the upside, we have talked about the murderer, Dennis Nielsen, and, <laughs> and, and, other... and, the, and the non-existence of the G-spot. Yeah, so, you know, there's something for everyone. And, there is. Uh, this is a great track, actually. I played it yeah. earlier on just before coming on, and it started, and I was like, oh, this is what I expected, but... Uh, when the chorus good. and stuff comes in, it, uh, yeah, it's good. So hope you all enjoy it as well. We'll put links in the uh, on Twitter and Facebook and in the description of the podcast. Talking about Twitter and Facebook, you can follow us on there. It's at F Circus Pod on Twitter. It's Bretton Cliffs Flea Circus on Facebook. Join in on there because my dad thinks he's talking to himself. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if you want to find us, we're on all the podcasts and stuff and we're on Amazon music and audible now, I think, which is great. Um, so yeah, uh, you can find us in all of them, leave us a review. More people get to listen to us. And until next time, this is the mirror pictures. <laughs> it's called gotta, gotta, gotta stay strong. Gotta yeah. Stay strong. This is the mirror pictures and gotta stay strong. See you later, Brett. See you later, everyone. Enjoy the tune. Bye. 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 I can't believe I'm back here again It's not a thing of the past All this hurts and pain What's a man to do? Love doesn't come true Gotta stay strong
on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.